this week on NRL Teams. Battered and bruised, will this South Star be rested as the Rabbitohs and Roosters rivalry reignites? Is Tom Trebojevic ready to return and cause Canterbury more pain? And the finals race is still well and truly alive. We'll tell you how the teams line up as the contenders march towards the top act. Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Lovely to see you. I hope you're keeping safe and well wherever you're tuning in today. Very big hello to former New South Wales and Australian representatives, Robbie Farrah and Brett Kamali. Good to see you guys. Really? Yeah, really? Good to see you again. Mate, 100%. This is my weekly yeah. hour. Yeah. I am pumped to see you both. The lights Robbie's were going here. in here when good. we first Bubble came in. It was like a disco. It's raining outside now. It's gloomy. Uh, it's gloomy outside, but it, it's yeah. sunny in here. It's sunny, yeah. It's a good... It's <laughs> a beautiful yeah. set. Yeah. And continuing with that very rosy theme, which I think we all need a little bit of in our lives right now, I want to know off the top, before our teams drop for yeah. round 24, yeah. I want to hear about some of those young stars that Rugby League has unearthed this year that we haven't got to see a whole heap of for various reasons over yeah. the last couple of seasons with only the NRL going ahead. Mm -hmm. Who have you seen that... You've loved the look of Noddy. Yeah, I've got a couple of players, as you said. I think if Sam Walker's been unbelievable for the Roosters, to come into the biggest club in Sydney, uh, play halfback, 18-year-old kid. I know he's been in and out a few weeks, but he's been pretty special as a player with all their injury concerns. And I think he, they would have went, you know, Jake Friend will be there and Luke Keir will be there and you'll get cuddled by those senior players. Well, he's had to do it all on his own, so I think he's going very, very well. Reese Walsh, a young kid from the Broncos that's obviously gone to the Warriors and the Broncos want him back. Well, the mayhem <laughs> up there. And um, Preston Junkfiller, Jaden Campbell. So yeah. I've, I've found some kids, as you said, that have been really exciting to watch. And um, there's always that who's going who's to retire and what's the next crop looking like. And I, I, I look forward to watching those three players every weekend play. And that's been so exciting on the Gold mm. Coast as well because it brings back so many yeah. memories of watching his It's dad about play. 20 years of memories, though. That's like, it. You know, and Preston was a legend up there. Yeah, yeah. forging his own path, yeah. which yeah. is brilliant to see. It's funny. A lot of the names you mentioned there, and, and I've got written down here, a lot of them are, are fullbacks and halves. And yeah. with the new rules the way they are, it's, it's really opened up that brand of footy this year where yeah. it promotes these talented young kids to come in and showcase their ability and you know you talk about a Dane Laurie from the Tigers you know we've seen a couple of young kids at the Dragons get their go uh, throughout the back end of the year uh, Tyrell Sloan and Amone uh, Luke Metcalf for the, the Sharks looked really good on the weekend as well so uh, I think it's really promoting uh, that brand of footy this year with the, with the new rules. We'll, we'll add a back rower then so we don't want to be too biased. <laughs> we don't want to have dummy halves and full they, they they're all halves, they're all and, halves. and as you said it, it, you get to play yeah. football on the front foot yeah. now with the new rules it's entertaining but let, you mentioned Josh Curran the other week yeah. uh, for the Warriors and he's been an exceptional player you know young kid playing in the back row so he's doing all the hard work and letting the, the crafty players take all the glory. Well, we like to give you both an opportunity to showcase your talents as well. So let's have a look at the boys' <laughs> round 23 predictions. Look, I'm going to go way out. So I'm going to burst the Warriors' bubble and say the Broncos win. I think the Cowboys will win against Parramatta, which will be shattering for the Parramatta fans. I think South Sydney also beat Penrith. Panthers 25. They've beaten the Rabbitohs 12. I'll go against Noddy and I'll say the Warriors will win and unfortunately for my Tigers, I think they'll sneak into the top eight. Brisbane have prevailed 24-22 over the Warriors. Mm. Your greatest so time of your week. <laughs> the unfortunate thing for me is I decided to take one of those tips on board in my own tipping this weekend and unfortunately I went Warriors. with Robbie and I went yeah. the Warriors. Could have really done with that Broncos tip too. I know that the Broncos aren't going to make the eight, but I think they've improved. You know, we, we read Kevin Waters the last few days saying back me or sack me type of concept, bits and pieces. I think to be 
you don't have to win a premiership to be successful. They're rebuilding definitely after you know Wooden Spoon last year, and I think finishing. I know it's not a great thing, but if they finish 14th or 13th, it's actually it's a step forward for them. And then next year they've got Reynolds coming, and they've got. Um, it seems like they've got the off-field in order as well, so they'll get back to one of those powerhouses that they once were. And it definitely mm. feels like they're heading in the right direction, mm. which is yeah. what, what ultimately matters. The 3-2-1 and one then from round 23, Noddy. Uh, one point Nathan Cleary. Uh, I thought he was great for Penrith, especially in the second half. Two points DCE, so the field goal victory. Uh, and James Tedesco gets my three points. Um, he's the best 5-8 fullback in the competition, so any young kids out there that are watching... What he does, he, I think he carried the ball 31 times for over 300 metres, so it's um, not just wait for the ball to be kicked to you, go and find him. It feels like since Origin, he has just taken his game to another level. Mm. And, I mean, he was yeah. already a gun. Yeah, he was already a gun. And as you said, I think, I, think as, I think it goes back to the rules as well. I think for, for a fullback to wait for the ball to get chucked to you out the back on set plays all the time because it's so slow, now it's so quick, the game. It's like get up in the front line, skip, yeah. you know, jump across defenders, look for some support, play momentum football, quick, quick play the ball, go again type of concept. So you're right, he's been special. He was special in State of Origin. That State of Origin 2 when New South Wales won it with the captain's knock that he did, he's just played like that for every week since. And he's had to for the Roosters as well this year. Robbie, what about for you? My one point was Nathan Cleary as well. Uh, my two points was James Tedesco, as you said. Uh, his leadership uh, with all their plays missing, uh, it's almost like he's playing three positions at, at one time. Uh, when he's out on the field, he's, he's jumping in a dummy half, first receiver, and then obviously a fullback as well. And my three points was Cameron Munster, I thought. Uh, in the first half, the Storm uh, were way below their best. And I think he came out in the second half and really took that game by the scruff of the neck um, and got them home um, off the back of his performance. All right, well, it is 4 o'clock, which means our teams for round 24 have dropped. We can take you to Thursday night footy now. The Knights taking on the Titans, 7.50pm kickoff at Sunshine Coast Stadium for Newcastle Knights first. David Clemmer had the most run metres for his side last weekend. He'll be missing on Thursday. He's copped a one-game suspension for contrary conduct. Swaso Sue starts in the front row. Tyson Frizzell comes back into the second row and Brody Jones drops to the bench. No other changes for the Knights, who head into this one on a four-game winning streak. For the Gold Coast Titans, Philip Sammy is back in the starting side with Greg Mazu dropping to the extended bench. Ash Taylor has been dropped, so Tyrone Peachy gets his first chance in the halves this season. Mitch Rain has been named at hooker with Aaron Clark moving to the bench. Kevin Proctor suffered a shoulder injury in the loss to the Storm, but he's been named to back up. Bo Firma joins him in the second row with David Fafita on the bench alongside Mo Fodawaka, who's returning from a knee injury. Let's look at the Knights first, who beat the Bulldogs four tries to three last weekend, but know that improvement is needed pre-finals. They have the second worst attack in the competition, according to the stats. Yeah. Only beaten, if that's the right word in this context, by the Bulldogs. So as you look at the fact that they're getting that number one spine back together for the third, only the fourth time this season, where are those points going to come from against those top eight sides? Well, they, they play a lot like Canterbury, don't they? They play mm. a very structured style of football. Mitchell Pearce gets a lot of first pass. They do a lot of that point-to-point -point football without a lot of uh, athleticism, I suppose, which is probably why Canterbury struggled to score points as well. It works for Penrith, but they're sort of a lot quicker and a lot more skillful. So I, I think it's gonna, you've got to be careful what you're copying to what you can create. Um, for, for them, Kalen Pong is the key. If you give Kalen Pong an early ball in big space, he's going to beat people. Clifford's been very good. Bradman Best gets limited ball. They, they pretty much throw the ball at Bradman Best when the defence is standing on top of him. So a couple of their strike players, they just don't give early enough ball to. So you're right, they haven't played together for a lot of the year, but they've got to be much better than the last few weeks. If they're going to seriously think about doing something in the semi-finals, they've got to improve massively 
and start by winning this week and potentially winning by 20 points this week. Bradman is a beast, undoubtedly, but chuck it to Bradman can't be the solution. No, it can't. Uh, like Noddy said, they, they've got to come up with you know, some more. Uh, they've got to ask some more questions yeah. from their attack. Uh, they're a bit structured at the moment. Well, I think they've won four in a row, but they haven't looked convincing in any of those wins. Um, they're, going to, they're going to be in the finals, and, and for them to compete against the better sides in the competition, uh, they're going to have to get a bit more uh, fluid with their attack. Uh, and, and it starts this week. Obviously, they're coming up against a desperate Gold Coast side. Uh, no more chances for the Gold Coast after this weekend. So they're going to be quite desperate. So it's going to be a, a quite entertaining match. Titans looking for more out of their attack as well. They've dropped Ash yeah. Taylor, who doesn't have a contract for next season with the Gold Coast as yet. What is it? What's next for Ash Taylor? Yeah, I'm not too sure where his future lies. Obviously, he was a talented kid to come through the Broncos system, got signed on a massive deal to go to the Gold Coast and probably hasn't lived up to the hype uh, and the expectations. Uh, you know, as you said, it's he's got a great kicking game. Um, he just falls in and out of matches, I suppose. But so do the Gold Coast Titans. I think I, Peachy's been playing really good the last few weeks. I think he's been bouncing around the field, looking with lots more energy. Um, you know, the unfortunate part for Ash is I, I, by not playing him, I don't think it hurts their attack too much, which is which is interesting because I don't know whether a club will pick up Ash Taylor. It's a big call though, starting uh, Peachy at five eight this week in a must win match. He hasn't played five eight all year, so you know whether he does start there, whether they bring in Toby Sexton into the into the seventeen uh, there at some stage to you know to give him a rest. Yes. Uh, but yeah, massive call by the coach where you're going into a, a do or die game and you've, you've thrown in Tyrone Peachy who hasn't played five eight all year. And is looking for a contract next season himself. Big game for both sides. Who wins this one, Noddy? Oh, can I say a golden point? No, <laughs> I, I, I think Newcastle win. I, I think yeah, you would think they've got to win uh, on on paper and on form, and the fact that they've got a better spine. But they've both been so inconsistent, as you said. You know, you talk about the second worst defensive team in the competition and a team that can play great for 15 minutes and fall asleep for 15 minutes. So it all depends on how many points the Titans concede when they have a little nap. Can you guys agree this week so that I'm not... Well, I, I think this game is going to come down to individual brilliance. I think whichever one of their X-Factor players stands up and takes the game by the scruff of the neck, whether that's you know, Ponga or Bradman yeah. Best for, for the Knights or whether that's a, a David Fafita or a, or a Tino for, for the Gold Coast... Um, both teams aren't going well, so I think it's going to take an individual to win this game for their side. Let's head to Friday night footy now and our 6pm kickoff. First, the New Zealand Warriors up against the Canberra Raiders at BB Prince Stadium. New Zealand first, Sean O'Sullivan replaces Chanel Harris-Tavita in the halves. Wade Egan and Jazz Tavunga have swapped spots with Egan back in the starting side. Josh Curran will need to pass HIA protocols this week to play and Cody Nikarima comes back onto the bench. For Canberra, there's only one change to the Raiders starting side. Matt Frawley has been named at halfback with Sam Williams making way. After a two-game loan spell at the Dogs, Corey Horsberg returns via the bench and Saliva Havili also comes into the interchange. Skipper Jared Croker remains sidelined with a knee injury. It was a really crucial loss to the Broncos last weekend for the Warriors. Pretty crushing one, really not in the context of their season. How does Nathan Brown get them back up this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be hard, isn't it? Because I think they had that semi-final aspirations. They were so close last year with what Todd Payton done. Mm. Nathan Brown has improved them as the season's gone on. They've started to learn the shape and the structure he wants. He's, he's Again, he's been heavily affected by some injuries. Uh, obviously, their captain decides to go home a, a few weeks ago, which is a massive loss for him. But now I would have thought that the Warriors players and the uncertainty of what's happening with COVID and New Zealand lockdown and bits and, bits and pieces, they know they've got two weeks left. Potentially then what do they do after that two weeks? Do they get to go home? So I think they'll be 
they'll be so looking forward to potentially an off-season, potentially the ability to go home, but that also could be denied, which is so hard for them to go through. Mm. Oh, terrible, and we'll be keeping a really close eye on that for sure. What about from a goal-kicking perspective? We talked about Reese Walsh and what mm. a revelation he has been for the Warriors this year. The goal-kicking front, he struggled last week. What other options do they have? Yeah, well, they outscored the Broncos yeah. uh, five tries to four, I think, and lost the game. So uh, that'll be quite crushing for Reese Walsh, obviously, and then having the field goal attempt at the end of the match uh, to win the game as well. So interesting to see how a young kid you know, goes through that disappointment and then bounces back this week. Um, a really good test for him mentally. Uh, to show that he can bounce back from from a bit of adversity last weekend, but uh, no doubt that uh, yeah, he'll spend the preseason working on that goal kicking. Otherwise, or oh, Sean Johnson's yeah. there next year yeah. as well, who who's a goal kicker. Uh, I'm not too sure who else they got on the side, but for the time being, it looks like he's got the job uh, for the last two games of the season. So uh, hopefully, he can bounce back this week. It's not. You wouldn't be expected to make many kicks from the sideline. Not when you've just started taking over the role. Like, you can't say, how hey, you've got to do everything it's for a, us. Yeah, it's a big kid. There's a lot on his shoulders yeah. already. A 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's their star playmaker. Uh, he's their yeah. go-to man. Yeah. He's their goal kicker. Um, it's, it's, a lot to, it's a lot to ask of a young kid. Score some points under the post, boys. Yeah. Come on, yeah, yeah. here. It's been a <laughs> hard day. <laughs> what about for the Raiders? They do need to keep winning to secure that spot in the top yeah. eight. They're well and truly in the hunt, though. Have you seen enough over the last few weeks that suggests they could give the eight a real shake if they make oh, No. <laughs> no. But, but again... Sorry, Green Machine. No, no I, but you do. You get... You know, the other week they beat Manly and they were so good. Manly had some players out, but they had that power game through the middle, high completion rate. Um, the halves controlled it with some repeat sets. Um... As you said, you just mentioned we just mentioned about Ash Taylor. Where could Ash Taylor finish? Well, Ash Taylor could potentially end up at the Canberra Raiders because they are desperate for a halfback now. Mm. After theirs decided to go home mid-season, um, obviously Josh Hodgson. Uh, even reading comments today, the, the, the playing group found out about Curtis Scott on Monday, and it's a divided group whether they're happy or not happy with with the outcome of that judiciary or not judiciary, but the the hearing that they've done by sacking Curtis Scott. So. It seems like there's always a bit of a noise and a distraction off the field, which doesn't allow you to play best on the field. Yeah, been some tough times for the Green Machine mm. and their fans this mm. season, that's yeah. for sure. All right, let's head to what is going to be an absolute blockbuster on Friday night. One of the biggest rivalries in our game. Roosters up against the Rabbitohs. 7.55 kickoff at Suncorp Stadium. The Sydney Roosters first. With Adam Kieran missing, Lachlan Lamb will start in the centres, while Brad Abbey is set to make his Roosters debut on the wing. Sam Walker will start at half-back after coming off the bench against the Dragons. Egan Butcher replaces his brother Nat, who is out with a knee complaint. Ben Marshkey and Nafahu White come onto the bench. South Sydney Rabbitohs with Josh Mansell's season all but over with an MCL injury. Jackson Paulo gets another shot on the wing. There was a suggestion that Damien Cook would be rested, but he has been named, although Peter Marmazelis is on an extended bench as cover. Kian Kaloa Matangi suspended for two weeks. Jaden Sewer will start in the second row. And Tom Burgess is back at prop in place of Junior Totola, who will be monitored after suffering a head knock in the loss to the Panthers. The Roosters first. We know they have been brave this season. They've been remarkable in so many ways. We keep writing them off. They keep proving us wrong. Is this one a bridge too far, Robbie? Yes. They can't. They can't. <laughs> I know we've written them off, yeah. but you, know, you throw in the injuries they've had, then you throw in uh, Adam Kieran out, uh, Dale Copley's missing. Uh, so who was the other one? I was just Nat Butcher. Nat Butcher. Yeah. Uh, so that's three more players to an already decimated squad. Um, against the south side, that I know they lost last weekend against the Panthers, but at 10 in a row before that, they'll be looking to bounce back this week. They're at full strength. 
I can't see the Roosters winning this weekend. You, you got also both Morris is injured and then Luke Keary injured. Then you've got Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, yeah. you know, retirement. Like the culture of this club must be amazing. The resilience that Trent Robinson's got in his playing group, it just keeps surprising us. But at some stage, they're going to come up against someone really good and someone that wants to make a statement. And I thought South were great for the yeah. first 30 to 35 minutes last week. Um, probably second half let them down a little yeah. bit. But if they play like that the first half, they potentially put a, a score on, on the Roosters and rip that band-aid off. They won't get beat on effort, the Roosters, no, this right. weekend, especially the rivalry there, you know, the book of feuds yeah. and uh, everything between the, the, you know, the two great clubs. Um, but I just think in terms of quality, I think the longer the game goes... The, the rabbit will just have a bit too much quality for him. I love how you're creating this book of feuds because you're like, oh, they might just <laughs> yeah. rest Damien Cook because it's only the roosters. Like, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> well, Damien Cook, now you mention him, do they rest him, Robbie? We know how <laughs> crucial he is to this Rabbitohs side. There is a suggestion he's carrying a little bit of a quad injury heading yeah. into finals. What do you do with him? I would. I'd rest him. Yeah. He's come off the back See, of... it's not just me. It's Robbie too. It's only well, the roosters. Well... <laughs> yeah. well yeah, you know, you got your your Benji there can play some yeah. minutes. Um, young hooker Peter Mamazoulis, who has got a taste of NRL this year. Damien Cook, I don't think, has missed the game for the Rabbitohs this season. He's come off the back of um, a State of Origin campaign as well. So no better time to rest him two weeks out from the semifinals than this week. And he generally plays 80 minutes every week. And he probably makes 50 tackles every week and runs for like 150 metres. So his workload's pretty, pretty, um, uh, pretty impressive for a dummy half. And as you said... What's going to be really important is when the first week of the finals come, you have every player as close to 100% fit as you can get. Yeah. And then that way you're a crack at winning two or three weeks in a row and you become the premiers. And they're going to finish third. They're, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. They're going to finish second or third. They, they, they're not going to finish like any lower, so it doesn't really make a difference. Let's head to Rockhampton now and Saturday Arvo footy where the Dragons will take on the Cowboys. It is a 3pm kickoff at Brown Park for St George Illawarra. Matt Dufty may have played his last game in the Red V. Tyrell Sloan has replaced him at fullback. Elsewhere, there's changes in the pack. Blake Laurie comes in for Kate Ellis who appeared to pick up a shoulder injury against the Roosters. Jaden Sullivan will step in at hooker while on loan Roosters rake Freddie Lussick has been named in Jersey 14. That means Josh Maguire switches to prop. Jack DeBellin goes to lock and captain Tarek Sims to the second row. North Queensland, the return of the wingers, Kyle Felt and Murray Tuolangi are both back this week and Valentine Holmes shifts to the centres. Skipper Jason Taumalolo is back from a hand injury, massive inclusion, and Francis Molo drops to the extended bench. Ruben Cotto comes into the starting side with Mitch Dunn dropping back to the interchange and 20-year-old prop Griffin Neem looks set to get his second crack at the NRL off the bench. For the Dragons, six losses in a row, no shortage of challenges. Let's talk about a positive, because yep. that's what we're trying to do here on NRL Teams today. Talatau Mone, he's a 19-year-old. He has a big future. I've seen him playing in that number six jersey for the Dragons this season. Is that where we're going to see him heading into the future? Is the halves his spot? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And obviously they've told uh, Corey Norman very early in the year that they won't be re-signing. They're investing in the future. So Sloan, Amoni and Sullivan all come through a very successful, I think it was either an SG ball or a jersey flag team a couple of years ago. So they're going to invest heavily in their juniors. Um, you know, obviously... As you said, he's played some first-grade football. They're not going to make the semi-finals now. We know that. So it's a great opportunity to play these kids, Sean. Uh, and it's nice when you play a couple of kids and they show you some good signs and you get a little bit excited about what that future looks like. You know, Ben Hunt will come back next year and be the captain and steer him around. Um, they'll obviously have McCulloch back as well, which is a senior dummy half. And then without all the disruptions, you throw these kids in with some senior players. And Griffin, I think, has done a successful job in his first year being there. He's made some tough decisions. 
and had some tough things to deal with. Yeah, it certainly hasn't been an easy one, yeah. that is for sure. Nor has it been for Todd Payton and the Cowboys. Interesting to see this week Valentine Holmes in the centres, Robbie. In the long term, and we know mm. it's been an interrupted season for Val Holmes, where do you see him playing? Where does Todd Payton get the best out of him? Yeah, that's that's a big question, I guess. Um, you know, we're talking about it off air before the start of the show where you got, you know, they've signed Todd Deirdre this year, they've got Chad Townsend going uh, there next year as well. So then you know, you've got to find a spot for, for Scott Drinkwater. So does he move to fullback and then you got um, the hammer, uh, you got to find a spot for him, and then Val home. So does Val end up on the wing, or in, he's got a, a shot at the centres this week? So you know, does Todd Payton think he could be there long term? I'm not, I'm not too sure on that either, but um, it, it's a big one for them because he's so important to their side. Uh, they've got to find some stability around him. You can't keep moving him around you know, week in, week out. Uh, he, yeah, he's their X-factor player. Uh, they've got to get him quality ball, and they've got to find out what the best position that is. I feel like they're playing him centre because he, he wants to play fullback. And I feel like if you were to put him on the wing, for example, you'd just get nothing from him because I think he doesn't want to play wing at the moment, which is quite bizarre to mm. think an NRL player would go through that because I think you've seen him in State of Origin be the best winger you know, in State of Origin series. He's played in the wing for Australia. So it's not like he's not very good at it, but I think he wants to play fullback. He wants more ball. He wants to be, I you know, from the outside looking in, it wants to be one of those key classy positions. And it, winger just doesn't sound... Mm. super important or, or valuable to a football side. So they're 16th in defence. That's the one thing they've got to fix. Um, he's a very good edge defender as a winger, so maybe they're thinking he's going to be a very good dis- yeah. defender as a centre. They haven't won since round 12. One of these two sides, please for both these coaches and team managers, take this team song, print it and take it, because you won't remember it, but someone's <laughs> going to sing it. At least one set of Someone's going to sing a song. going to be happy this weekend. Absolutely. Are they allowed to sing the song? I don't know. <laughs> Print it out. Take it in yeah. just in case they forgot it. You're a very harsh man, Noddy. It's an honest assumption. Mm. <laughs> Let's head to Suncorp Stadium now and our 5.30pm Saturday afternoon kick off. The Sharks taking on the Broncos. Granala first and Ronaldo Mulatalo's broken jaw means he's gone for the season. Maweni Hiroti comes onto the wing. The only other change to Josh Hannay's 17 sees Aidan Tolman return from suspension so Kai O'Donnell drops back to an extended bench. For Brisbane, Brisbane are 1 through 17 and I'm pretty sure that's the first time all season I've said that about Kevy Walter's side. Winger Xavier Coates took a knock on the elbow late in last week's game, but he'll be right to play in much less positive news, though. Tyson Gamble has now undergone surgery on his hand and, of course, won't play again this season. For the Sharkies, for and against could become a big factor as they battle for a spot in the eight. Noddy, heading into this game, in terms of approach, is it you get in a winning position first and then you look to extend? Or is for and against not even in your mind? No, I think the focus is knowing your game plan, executing your plays, playing for the full 80 minutes and relying on all those outcomes that you can control gives you a good scoreline and gives you a scoreline that helps your for and against. Um, if you start chasing points and start thinking, oh, we've got to score and win by 20 or 30, I, there's a potential you're going to get beat because you're playing mm. an unstructured football, you're playing like a, a sevens type of concept football and you, you're not concentrating on defence. So prepare really well. Know the strengths of the Broncos, which is their forward pack. Um, watch potentially at the moment. Anthony Milford was very good last week. Shut him down and don't shoot out the line at him. Um, but worry about high completion rate, great kicking game, build pressure and relying on the fact that some results might go your way and you can only control yourselves. Speaking of people who have been looking for something to celebrate, how good to see Anthony Milford back and playing good footy, Robbie? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, obviously, he's had a, a rough season, rough couple of seasons up with the Broncos. And um, I think now, yeah, he came back, he's got his future sorted. He knows where he's going next year. He's got an opportunity at the Rabbitohs. And 
He just looked like a player that was enjoying himself yeah. out there on the weekend. Uh, yeah, he was smiling. He was he was on the ball. He was buzzing around the ball a lot. Um, yeah, created some opportunities you know, for for his teammates. Scored a try himself. Almost came up with another one, I think, where he just got held up. Uh, so yeah, it was it was great to see for a kid that um, yeah, hasn't had the best time of late. Uh, it's always good to see him come out and play well. It'd be really interesting because he looked like he was happy. As you see, yeah. he's happy, and all that pressure was off him. Yeah. So. It's a situation now for what a, what a lot of clubs are going to try and manage is when you sign a player and he potentially gets signed for a good amount of money and he's not living up to expectations, how do you manage him? How do you make him play a game of football without all that drama and tension over the top of him? Like that mental well-being side of it, mm -hmm. so important now how clubs manage those players. Because he looked, and he, again, you know, he knows he's not a Broncos player. He signed at South Sydney. All that pressure off him is gone about the Broncos. And just went out and played good, looked sharp, looked creative. Mm -hmm. So... It's how you, you know, it's funny how you got to start to think about now, that's the role of a club. You've got to manage the people and how do you get the best out of that player? And a lot of times it's the, the mental side of it more than the physical side of it. How you bottle that for the tough times. Yeah, definitely. And he showed some resilience, Anthony Milford, to get through a pretty tough time in the last, like, last six months has probably been really tough for him. To be told he's not wanted, mm. you lose a million dollar contract, it would hurt you. Not to know where you're going, not to play first grade to sell yourself, and then all of a sudden get get a contract at South Sydney, and it's probably we don't know the figure. It may be only for one year, so it's a chance to chase and keep your dream going. But he just looked like he he, he was back to the Anthony Milford that we probably saw at the Canberra Raiders in 2014, 2015. Yeah, which was a year or two ago. One <laughs> one club who do seem to know how to bottle it is the Melbourne Storm. They play at Suncorp Stadium as well on Saturday evening, 7:35 p.m. kickoff up against the Parramatta Eels. This Melbourne side only seems to be getting stronger. Jerome Hughes is back from a head knock, while Justin Olam and Brandon Smith also return after being rested for the win over the Titans. Smith's inclusion at hooker means Harry Grant will start off the bench, and with Hughes at half-back, Nico Hines is back onto the interchange bench for the first time since round five. Justin Olam and Brandon Smith, we know they were both rested in round 23. Looking at the Parramatta side, there was a suggestion that skipper Clint Gutherson may have been rested, but he's been named at fullback. As expected, there's no Mike Acevo, so Blake Ferguson comes into the starting side on the wing. There's two changes on the bench. Ray Stone and Keegan Hipgrave come in place of Will Smith and Oregon Kafusi. The Storm have been on an incredible run, undoubtedly. But if you remember just one of their losses this season, and I think they've only had two, it was against the Eels early in the season. Does Bellyache bring that up this week? Does he remind them of that? No, I think he'll remind them... Of it's about their own job, their own performances. Again, it goes back to what we just said about Cronulla because I think they were a bit distracted last week about the record. Um, I know you, can't, you don't really want to talk about the record. They get a chance this week to, to break that record and sit on their own as the most wins in a row. Um, I think you'll be talking about the effort, the job, what, you know, the pride in the jersey and just all... And then the result takes care of itself. They get some quality players back this mm. week. I, I, it would have been so hard for some of those players. I know it's an NRL game, but... They started the pretty poor last week, bad completion rate. The Titans score early, they get a bit excited, but you, you sort of run half out there and go, well, he's resting these guys, he's resting these guys. You know, we'll just have to turn up and get through it. And they started like that. The great part about them is at halftime, as Robbie said, they reassessed and Cam Munster went out in the second half and was the master class for them, and they all got on the back of that. They won the game, but they certainly won't, weren't very good even in the first 40 minutes. Brandon Smith back this week and gets that number nine jersey back as well, Robbie. When we come to finals time, which is not far away, is this what we see? Brandon Smith to start and Harry Grant on the bench? I think so. Um, you know, it keeps Harry Grant out of the, the opening encounter, you know, the, the first 20-odd minutes where uh, it can get quite physical. Um, 
Brandon Smith shoulders most of that defensive workload and then Harry Grant can come onto the field fresh uh, when you know, there's some fatigue in the opposition players. And we've seen this year at times when he's come on, uh, obviously the strength of his running game and the speed out of dummy half and against a tiring opposition, he can really take advantage of that and change the course of a game. So yeah, I think it's a great combination. Um, obviously he'd love to have the number nine on his back, but um, I think down there you do what's best for the team and, and what's best for the team at the moment is Brendan Smith starting and, and Harry Grant coming off the bench. I think if you look at the first 12 players' name, that's the Melbourne Storm grand final lineup or semi-final lineup. if you get there. I, th I think Nelson will start at lock and they'll start powerful. Finucane on the bench, Grant on the bench, Hines on the bench. So there's, I don't know who's going to be Jersey 17 in some regards. It's a great side to have, but this is as close as they're going to get the full strength. Um, and they would, you know, again... They've been winning and winning and winning and they've been able to rest players and manage players, but th this is normally the, the best side that they've, they can mm. put on paper. Shows the season that Brandon Smith has had as well. Jamie Soward yesterday on NRL, Inside the NRL on Monday night, he's called him the best hooker in the world at the moment. And that's not what we were saying mm. at the start of the season. We no. knew he was good, but we had big raps on Harry Grant as well. Does he become the most... Is he the Melbourne Storm's most important player in some regards? Because he starts at that dummy half, makes all those decisions, mm. and then when they need that ball of energy to come out of, dump, out of playing the lock, for example, he goes and he, he comes up with a try when they need, he comes up with a big play when they need. He's, you're right, he's been... You know, you, we know that, for example, Manly, it's, you know, it's Tedesco... Uh, no, um, Tommy. Tommy, and then for the Roosters, it's Tedesco. For South, it's potentially Cody Walker. Mate, potentially, all these great names in the Melbourne Storm, we probably think we don't give Brandon Smith the recognition he deserves. He's probably the most important player for the Melbourne Storm. And to have a bloke like Harry Grant to inject into the game is remarkable as well. So can we have the two best dummy halves in the competition at in the same club? In the one club? team, yeah. One's going to play for New Zealand and one could potentially play for Australia in the future. Yeah, bellyache's got it. It's a good problem to have, that is for sure. Mitchell Moses last weekend for the Eels seemed to be getting back to the kind of footy we know he can play. It's tough coming back from an injury, Noddy, but good kicking on the end of sets. There are a few repeat sets. The attitude seemed to be up for the whole team. Yeah. Are we starting to see them stop the slide and get back to the kind of footy that could win them finals games? They had to win. They'd lost yeah. four in a row. Um, he, he, the form of Mitchell Moses was, was really good last week. As you said, he's, he run the ball. It'd be so hard to come back from one in origin where we lost and he was pretty much criticised, so his confidence would have been shot, and potential broken back. They're not, that's not something easy to come back into a game of footy and go, OK, guys, I'm, I'm ready to, to go. go. I'm good to yeah. you know, come and make some big tackles and I'll take the ball to the line. And then on the back of that, your side starts losing some games of football you know, and there's a lot of noise off the field. So I will be mindful of how far I dance and sing for how well Parramatta played because they played the 16th defen place defensive team without their best player in Jason Tamalola last week. So I'm not going to dance yet for Parramatta but there were some good signs of improvement. I really look forward to seeing you dance <laughs> sometime <laughs> in the last six weeks or so yeah. this season. If the lights are flashing like oh, no, we yeah, came into yeah, the studio yeah. this afternoon, you never know. Let's <laughs> head to Redcliffe where there is a doubleheader on Sunday afternoon. The first of them, Sea Eagles up against the Bulldogs, 1.50pm kick-off at Morton Daly Stadium in Redcliffe for Manly Warringah. Unless Desi is doing a Desi, Tom Trebojevic is back this week. Tavita Funa is out suspended. Centre Brad Parker also returns with Moses Suley moving to 18th man. No other changes to the settled Sea Eagles as they push for a top four spot. Canterbury-Bankstown, it's virtually an all-new pack for the Dogs. Luke Thompson is suspended. He's replaced by Jack Hetherington, who comes back from a band of his own. Ava Siamanafanai also starts at prop, and Bailey Biondiodo will play hooker. Adam Elliott is stood down for the rest of the season. 
season with Corey Waddell suspended for this week. So Matt Dury and Joe Stimson come into the second row. Brandon Wakeham has been named on the bench in what will be his first game since round 15. Raiders players Ryan James and Corey Horsberg have been recalled by Canberra after finishing their two-week stint at the Dogs. Manly, it was 66-0 last time these two teams met. It's looking like DCE is firing at the right time of the season. But one bloke we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this year is the guy alongside him in Kieran Foran, who has played more games of footy this season than he's been able to manage in a long time. How crucial is he to the kind of footy the Sea Eagles are playing? Yeah, very crucial. And as you said, he knows the structure very, very well. When you've got Tom and DCE, for example, and a Schuster that are all great ball players, you don't need Kieran Foran to have to worry about doing too much in some regard. He owns that left edge comes up with some good plays. He plays the four and four very well. He plays nice and direct. He makes his tackle. He's a senior player. If, if, if Cherry gets caught on tackle five, he runs in and kicks the football. So, you know, as you said, it's been good for the, the, the seven and six to get back together. They won a premiership, I think, in 2011. And then they obviously disappeared and went their own way. And for Kieran Foran, the injuries he's had the last few years, it's actually great to see him have a good run. Um, re-sign, I think, again for next year um, and probably really enjoying his football. So I think everyone, for... everyone sort of forgot how good a player yeah. Kieran Foran is. Uh, you know, he had those years there at the Bulldogs where, you know, with all due respect to the Bulldogs, but he was in a side that was struggling and then he had his injury concerns yeah. on the back of that as well. So, But now he's gone back to, to Manly. He's got good players around him. He's fully fit. Uh, you know, he's, he's had some consistency in terms of getting on the field each week and as Naughty said, he's got a simple job with, 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 when you've got so many good players around you, you don't have to do anything but your job. And he's gone out there every week and he's, he's just done his job every week and he's been a great fall for that side. If you're a young half watching, I'd watch Kieran Ford, I wouldn't watch DCE and, and Nathan Cleary, they've got too much skill for young halves. If I'm a young half, just watch Kieran Foran. He catches it great with, he plays nice there. and square, squares up the defender and always creates the overlap. So lets the pass do some of his legwork because he's technically not as quick as a Tom or a DCE. But he plays square into the defensive line, makes great decisions, and if he, if he has to take a, a collision, he takes a collision rather than just throw it and give him his teammate into yeah. a poor play. I love how pumped you both are for Foz. Brilliant to see him <laughs> playing good footy. What about the Bulldogs? They know how dangerous the Sea Eagles can be if you're a little bit off the pace. Does memories of that last game add extra incentive, certainly extra caution, as they head into this one, Robbie? Do you, do you think the 66-0 gets beat this week? or? <laughs> Oh, I thought well, we were going positive on NRL teams. Yeah, we are. I'm always trying to be positive about the Bulldogs because, you know, they, they are struggling and yeah. it's been a tough run for them. But it has been. Yeah, they're missing some more players this week. Um, Lou Thompson's out. Uh, Adam Elliott's been Adam, Adam Elliott's been stood down. So you're coming up against a red-hot Manly side who put 60 on you last time. Um, there's going to be some, some bad memories from that. It's... it's uh, Dry, dry Sunday afternoon track. I was just going to do. I was going to say what the weather forecast <laughs> yeah, is. If it's, it's gonna, if it's a flog it's gonna, down bad weather, it's going to be a bit yeah, closer. It's going to. I think a dry track up there. It's going to promote yeah some good footy there yeah. from the Manly side. So yeah. uh, I worry for the Bulldogs this weekend. I hope for the fans' sake it is a dry track and it's not like Sydney weather today. Let's have a look at the second game in Redcliffe and it's the 4:05 p.m. kickoff. The Panthers up against the West Tigers. Sunday Arvo footy. Penrith first. Dylan Edwards. 
Edwards has been named. He'll be monitored this week after a head knock in round 23. Brian Toll returns and Brent Naden drops out of the 21. Prop James Fisher-Harris is back. He replaces Matt Eisenhoof. Filiami Kikau is in the starting side and Liam Martin reverts to the bench. Tyrone May has recovered from that knee injury. He's back in the extended squad. For Wests, Adam Dewey's been ruled out with a knee injury, so Jock Madden gets his chance in the halves. Joe Offengawi moves to the bench and Thomas McKayley is back. Jacob Little is back, pushing Jake Simpkin to the bench. And Tom Amone is back on the bench, as is Alex Safarth. For the Panthers' side, is this a side that is regaining momentum after the injuries, after Origin interrupted the Panthers' train? Noddy, how close are they to being back at their best? Yeah, pretty close, I think, and, and, and pretty much back to full roster as well. You know, obviously their injured players are back and James Fisher-Harris is back after the birth of his child. Um, I thought the first first 25 minutes, Souths are very, very good against them last week and... Uh, and looked better than him. I thought they were a bit out of sorts. Um, Nathan Cleary had only played two games back. Uh, Appy Coruscant had only played one game back. So they got a little bit of that combination back. I thought the second half, they played as good as they could have played. They, they rolled through their sets. They played their shape. They played their structure. You make some poor defensive reads. They really make you pay for it. I'm not too sure how much the penalty count affected the scoreline last week. But I think as a player, you're in form. You beat a great side. A team that had won plenty in a row. And you, you sort of makes you stand a bit taller and feel a bit more confident leading into, into the right time of year. For the west side, Robbie, we've got Jock Madden there at 5'8". We know he's only a young fella. What can we expect? What will we see from him? Uh, just do his job, I think. Obviously, he's coming up against a, a pretty strong Panther side. He had a, a taste of NRO earlier on in the year. I think Magic Round, he came off the bench, only got the last maybe five, ten minutes of the game. So uh, he, he gets a starting jumper this weekend. Uh, great young kid, works hard on his game. Uh, real professional kid, uh, always looking to improve. So excited to see him get a chance uh, this weekend. And you know, disappointing performance by the Tigers last week in a, in a must-win game against the Sharks. To to dish up that sort of performance is really disappointing. So you know, whilst not many people um, will give him a chance this weekend, I, I hope they can go out and show some fight. It's actually not a bad week for the for Jock to play because you're playing against the best, one of the best two teams in the competition. It's a good challenge. Like he, sometimes, you know, if you were to come in against a side that's down in the bottom, you're not really as excited. I think your teammates should be excited. There's no for pressure. You. There's no pressure. There's You're not expected pressure. to win, but I think it's a good challenge because whether you get beat poorly, it's a big lesson. It's a football lesson. And whether you go really well, you, you, you're adding your own credibility to how good you are against a good opposition. And up against some of the stars of our game, as you say. Yeah. That's round 24 action. It does kick off on Thursday night, of course, with the Knights up against the Titans. That one's on the Sunshine Coast. And you can, of course, catch all of the action on Fox Sports, on KO, on Channel 9, on Sky Sports New Zealand and on Watch NRL for our international viewers. Gents, it is prediction time. Look, you did pretty well, I've got to say, last week. What are we talking about? What happens in round 24? You go. Oh, I'm only going to go one. <laughs> um, I went fishing a bit last week and got too excited. <laughs> I'm like Noddy, I'm not convinced by Parramatta's win last week against the Cowboys. I think Melbourne by 30 this week. I think Melbourne's <laughs> going to put Parramatta to the sword and I think Manly's going to put another 50 on the Bulldogs, unfortunately. I think Tom scores four tries and runs for over 350 metres. Not asking for much. Yeah. So he's back. He's really back. He's back. and he's... I don't think he does. I don't think he does because I think Manly will be up by 50 with about 20 to go and Des will just take him off the field. I love this. You say I'm only going to go one because I don't want to get too overexcited. Pretty sure Robbie's just given us four. <laughs> he didn't think about it. He's, he's didn't, logically, he didn't think about that. No, that just did the hamstring the stretch on the sideline. If, if, if you're the coach and your star player, you're up by 40, you take your star player off. You just, you know, yeah, I'll take, take Foz off. So, you know, you make 
take Foz and DC off. It's only a four short, 340 metres. 340 tries, 340 metres. These two are still going to be here in half an hour's time chatting away because they just don't want to go home. Who are we kidding? Our predictions are crap. So we're no chance. Gents, lovely to see you both. Enjoy the footy. You too. Good to see you as well. Thank you for tuning in to NRL Teams. Enjoy round 24. We'll see you back here next Tuesday. See you soon.